Oh my gosh, you brought notes. This was supposed to be organic. This was supposed to be spontaneous, Gretchen. Well, I actually, if you wanted to see, I put, I don't know why I wrote it out, but I just wanted to. Proverbs 29, and was it 2 Samuel 8, 15? 2 Samuel 8, 15. Daniel reigned over all Israel. of Israel, and David administered justice and righteousness for all the people. And then you put stand for freedom and morality. Talk about that. Talk about that. What's this mean? I to just you? wrote that out. What's this mean to you? Well, I was saying that if you want to vote, and what do you stand for? Like why? And I feel like that's why I was looking at the um, Democrats and the Republicans. Like, what is it that they they stand for? And so when I was looking that up, I'm like, I don't understand why half of these people are voting Democrat that I know. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they, they vote for. that way? It must be for progressiveness. And the fact that they are for the people and they, they honestly do want more government control. Not control, but government interaction or government intervention. intervention. Um, the problem, though, <clears throat> with the whole message from the Democrats, the, that left platform, is that that progressivism, that's not, that's not the true message of like true Democrats, of legitimate like democracy. They are about choice, and um, but I think like old school Democrats, like JFK types, um, they are not about spending trillions of dollars on crap and open borders and all that stuff's crazy. All yeah. that stuff's crazy. There's a lot of propaganda behind all of that too, like the promises and stuff um, that, that seem to be made. But here's the deal, because I was writing this blog couple of days ago and it was called um politics from a biblical perspective or something along those lines mm-hmm. on biblical it was politics on biblical terms okay and i think my assessment was pretty fair and i talked about the left and how they bas- basically nothing on that platform aligns with orthodox like judeo-christian mm-hmm. values but then on the right like what you have to call out too is that there's like a lot of like greed and lust mm-hmm. and they're very passive and they will shake hands with communists and look the other way right. and not not care as long as that market is free and open and there's money to be made man right after i wrote that blog i was like hmm was i coming down a little hard or whatever right after i wrote that i was watching this news show <clears throat> somebody who's canceled and uh so i have to watch it on an app and this dude in Congress, you probably don't know who Lindsey Graham is if I say that it name. sounds familiar. Oh, my word. They played this compilation of him on, like, Fox and these other right-side news. And every segment, he's like, oh, the Democrats are beating me up. Send $5. Go to lindsaygram.com. And, oh, I'm trying to win this fight. Win this fight. Win this fight. Just send a small donation. And after I saw that, I was like, you know what? I feel pretty justified in everything that I just said about establishment Republicans because that's just their MO. Okay, but here's the deal. I wrote that blog and I published it. And the way that I send my blogs out, I can actually like monitor the activity, like who looks at it, who clicks on it, who reads it, blah, blah, blah. Like I don't get real deep into the marketing, but the tool is there and I use it a little bit. And I noticed that with this blog, only like one or one or two people interacted with it because it was like straight up political and the picture 
was Joe Biden and President Trump. That was I the, saw that, that one. That was the picture. Hardly anybody interacted okay. with that. But then, but when I wrote something about like, did you read the one about that I wrote about Beth Moore? Yes, I did. Okay, so and I was so glad that you wrote that because I was looking for a Bible study, and then I'm like, well, I definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> so, so I was writing that one, and I produced that podcast or that blog, and um, I don't know, like over fifty percent of my subscribers opened that one, and out of that fifty percent, at least twenty percent of them read it, and so I was like, huh? So I write about the religious stuff. Like, that's mostly my audience. Yeah. But then when it comes to politics, I was just like, hmm. Well, but the way that I presented that, though, so people judge things by the cover before they'll click on anything and read it. I think the question that I asked was, can you be Christian and Democrat? And then I said, are all Republicans going to heaven? And then I said, I think the answers are really simple. And so inside of that blog, I just talked about the Democratic platform and the Republican platform. And yes, I know people who are legit born again, but they're deceived because they only get information from one place. Right. And so they identify with being Democrat, but like all of their values and stuff, they would never. They have grandkids. They would never tell their child to abort a a kid. You know, they would never. And um, so there's that. But then I was also saying like the reason why with Republicans, we have to be discerning because the things that are wide open on the left are carefully concealed on the right because they're Mm -hmm. like oh we're pro-freedom we're pro this Mm -hmm. and um essentially uh i think christians and conservatives and stuff just have to be careful because we can be um easily deceived well and you know how you talk about like things being like covert not out out in the open i also think abortion is one of those standards because i have uh people that i know they are for abortion, mm-hmm. but in regards to like having certain specific regulations to it, not that you can just abort any baby and it has to be under a certain amount of terms. And so listening to some people, I think sometimes they just get turned off when they're trying to get rid of the, and be like anti-abortion. Well, do you see what I'm saying though? What I'm yeah. trying to explain on that one. So then sometimes I'm like, they're promoting it because they're going to get a lot of our votes yeah but then they're also going to get a lot of those people who the moderates people in the middle yeah where they're just like i don't know i've i've seen too many instances where people need it and they're mm. not answering those questions or whatever so they'd rather vote more liberal but then they want the conservative stuff so i'm just like i don't know i don't so, know how to answer a lot of it because like i said i'm not really in it but well so the first thing about biblical values, I put this in that blog too, about biblical values is that those standards of like righteousness and stuff are actually above conservatism. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just be a conservative because that right. can change, you know, that changes. So I guess in a situation like that, the people who say, well, I've seen situations where women need it. We need to have some sort of regulation where up to a certain amount of time right. we should be able to do it. I would argue that every person who thinks that way or figures that way probably don't have a revelation of who god is they don't not a full Um, revelation and that's exactly right because life actually begins before conception conception is just the moment where from a spiritual perspective into the natural science can trace it back to conception but we know prior to that that person was created already yeah they just come in the form of a seed and then they grow yeah so hmm i guess the response would be you know, I, I mean, for me, I try to, like, think critically, but, you know, it's very clear uh, the way that scriptures are written. 
And I think that um, women who get into situations like that, I think, first of all, since we're just going to go with this one issue, that seems to be a big issue, and then we'll talk about a different one. But when it comes to that and homosexual, that and homosexual, we'll get to that in a second. But with abortion, too, I think we've kind of created that type of mentality that is part of the choice of of the system that we have in America. Mm -hmm. And that precedent that was set in 1973 now that's just a different you know a different thing and hopefully that'll be overturned soon but we've created an environment where we say this needs to be a part of our choice as well whether or not we have babies I think a small percentage of women fit in the category of like being raped or incest or anything I don't think it's enough of a category they use that you know to talk about the subject but I don't think it's that big well, it's sad that they push that because that's their agenda of yeah. like, well, what about this, this, and this? Yeah. And for the most of the part, like most of the people I've talked to, that's not even the, the reason at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think people explore that because that's, you know, they or, feel like that's an option. Right. It's, it's like, an option. why do they have to be married? Just create laws of, um, right? Well, they yeah. They have laws easy where they can go in and visit them. They're still considered family or they can have um, access to whatever similar rights, but not exactly the same. Like they don't have to be. There was this one time somebody, somebody said, and it made a lot of sense. They asked this question. Why would somebody go through all of this trouble and, and lawsuits and all these things? Why would you go through all of this to have an institution that God ordained mm-hmm. and you don't even believe in God? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that important? And, and so, I mean, I think that that's good. Now, my understanding, though, is that they, is that, you know, so gay couples, they don't want discrimination, let's say, for example, like in the workplace. Right. So if I'm signing up, so if, if the wife, I don't even know what to say. If in a relationship like that, one person signs up for benefits, then the person who's their partner should be able to get health care. Yes. I don't think one way or the other about that. That's fine. That's, that's not... I don't know. That's a non-issue. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway, I know we're getting off topic, but that's like my big thing because being in the military and I've met a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, why? Like if instead of having fought this for so long and then all of a sudden now they have these rights, like (laughs) have it to where they would have had rights, but they would have had to do something, some legal document. They would have had a file or whatever, but not husband, (laughs) not marriage. You know what I mean? Well, I think, so the perverted agenda behind that, so we're not talking about people who are just attracted and they want blah, 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 they think love is love, but the, but the agenda behind it is that they wanted to pervert the conservative yes. form of marriage. Right. And so that was, that was their whole, the whole thing. That's what like communists, socialists, people with those agendas, that's what they do is they go into institutions and they corrupt them. They don't just create their own thing. It's kind of like the whole bathroom thing. It's real simple. Mm-hmm. You just have a, a gender neutral. You just have a bathroom with a sign on it. Why do women need to go into the men's room? Why do men need to go into the women's room? So that whole that whole thing is about interrupting the institution, going in and yeah. corrupting things. Because it's... Now, I don't think it's good for society for us to create a third category of people. There's just, you know, like male and female. I don't think we need to create all these other categories, but whatever. Uh, they don't have the science on their side. They don't have... Now, spiritually speaking, obviously, we know that behind that, there's some deliverance that needs to happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, like, when we talk about politics, these are the main things that always come up. Nothing of any deeper usually comes up 
past those. What do you think is deeper than abortion and same-sex marriage? Um, I would say what's going behind the scenes, according to like Social Security, um, medical, um, other laws. You know what I mean? Other bills that kind of just get dismissed because everybody's talking about these two issues. Mm. Well. Right? Okay. What's going on in the schools? Okay, so then, okay, so here's where the division comes in. Because there, there's basically, there's a conservative way to think about things, and then there's a liberal way to think about things. And then there's a far right way to think about if you think of these as like stages of progression so there's conservative liberal and then there's you know leftist and right-wing and progressive and alt-right and so the the further you get out the crazier it is and then there's moderates right who are just in the middle somewhere they can be convinced either way so there is a way to think about these things on those those that spectrum and then, biblically speaking, it, that's going to lead you more to the right always, for the most part. Yeah. So, so in a situation like um, healthcare, uh, for example, I think a conservative perspective on healthcare would be to lower the freaking taxes, mm-hmm. the, pers- the prescription. So both sides of our government are in on this stuff. Um, they've kind of like, you know, subsidized prescription medicine. It's it's just in this corner of this market, just like with the whole vaccine thing. You basically just have Moderna, Merck, Pfizer. Like you just have these these few, and they get these government contracts for millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right. And <clears throat> and then what happens is is we don't really have options. Yeah. And so it's either, you know, you pay for this, you pay for this, you pay for this. And so the conservative perspective on something like healthcare would be to take the federal government out of medicine as far as possible. Like the federal government, it's the same thing with the schools. The conservative perspective is to take the government out, the federal government out of that situation. Because with the federal government in the schools, you have like the teachers unions. Well, the teachers unions are the ones that's advocating for teaching six-year-olds how to masturbate and putting this crap in the schools. But that's all because of federal government. So if you have a contract where you're getting so much money per head, then you got to have this curriculum that's required it was voted on it was it being implemented and so that's i mean that's just that's the situation and i i think one main reason though why christians don't um get into politics is because if you don't have a revelation of like if you don't get a revelation of like a global perspective of what god is doing because the church is a global thing if you always stay local if you stay in your small group you stay in your church and you don't realize that the church is like everywhere, then you got it. And then you have to have a global perspective about all of those things. So, final thoughts: See, Christians good. in politics. I'm gonna put her in the car once we get started. Okay. So then, what are your thoughts on why Christians avoid politics? I think for some of us, it comes down to time and what it is that we can control. Time and control. Okay. What do you mean by time? Like how much time do we have to stay up on politics? Um, what one politician 
wants versus another, what they're for and what they're against. What about control? And then um, at the end of it, I mean, how much control do we have? Like, yeah, we can go down and we can make sure that we vote because I think that's important. But uh, I think there's a lot of us that think that our vote doesn't matter. Mm. And especially after this last election with mm. a lot of the corruption that's going on. Do you think that the election was stolen? I do. <laughs> I do, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay, so here's my thoughts. I think that time and control, and I'm speaking off the cusp, but I think that time and control, like, they go together. Mm-hmm. Because the amount of time that you put into researching something, like a policy, not just the politician, because, like, a lot of those politicians, they say that they have similar. The platforms are really similar. So you got to have discernment. But when it comes to policies, I mean, it just depends on how much time you spend looking into that. So as a mom, what would be important to you would be school curriculum. Right. So then you would want to take the time to listen to what a Democrat has to say and then listen to um, what Republicans have to say and then read the policies and then you know voting i mean i didn't think i didn't think it mattered for many years either but now we know that because of the way that our nation is set up and the way we are in the 21st century voting is just basically the process that we have to choose our leaders yeah you know and so this is this is the only way that we can make our voice be heard even from so even from a christian or a heavenly perspective when god looks down and he sees whether or not we're participating in this system then i feel like it's something that we are going to be accountable for i didn't have a burden to vote until i like asked for it until i like sought it out i never felt like convicted or guilty that i never voted um even though there are people who could say things like that to you to make you feel that way but it was it was just i didn't have the capacity to care about what happened outside of uh, my small world. Right, and I think when I used to vote before, because I've always voted ever since I was 18, but I was military, so I did my mail-in ballot, but I was always more on um, what they did for the military and veterans, their stance and their policies on that and how it was gonna affect me personally and in the, while I was in the military, in the service, so. Well, I think um, that kind of approach, I think if everybody took that approach and really paid attention, that would be enough. Because right. it's impossible to care about everything. Everything, yeah. But if everybody who cared about something and they wanted to make sure that the policies that were in place aligned with the Constitution or the Bible or just, you know, right versus wrong, mm-hmm. then, then yeah, man. We're supposed to be in, in control. So the way that our government is set up is we are what's called a constitutional republic. We are we are not a democracy. A democracy, and I found all of this out from studying. So a democracy, it's kind of um, it's like that fifty one forty nine rule, but within a constitutional republic, we have that um, like that electoral college. And that's what, that's basically what regulates the fact that like California and New York don't control all of the other 48 states. Right. They are only, they only are only allowed a certain number of senators, of representatives, and the electoral college votes are only going to count for so much. Uh, 
basically to be able to elect them to get them in office. I think that's a good point that maybe, you know, kind of just promoting more of that, like what, what's important to you, you know, and focusing on that for the election, because I think for some of us, it can kind of seem overwhelming to get caught up in it. Like even just listening to the debates and all the propaganda, it seems like there's a lot of division and, and people just don't really need that extra stress. Some division is good, though. Sometimes no, I feel like I, I we agree. look at it, yeah, we look at it a wrong way mm-hmm. because we need to be able to debate. And right. this whole thing of being a constitutional republic, um, too, is that basically that means our constitution is the rule of law, and then our representatives that we send to D.C. They are supposed to represent our interests, not their own interests, not their own agendas. Like they are, that's my representative. You vote the way that I would vote if I were there kind of deal. Versus, you know, like I was saying with the democracy, it's kind of a mob rule thing. Those, those represent, the representatives in a democracy, it's kind of chaotic. Um, Because the rule becomes whatever the, the majority says it is. Okay, so the next thing besides time and control, what was the next thing? The understanding, which I feel like we kind of touched a little bit on that. Like, you know feeling like oh you don't have to know everything to get involved with politics you can just work your part that you understand you know what I mean yeah and then just kind of leave out the rest when before I voted I used to say um um I'm not educated in politics and so I don't have an opinion I never wanted to give an uneducated opinion about anything so I never really I didn't bait nobody I didn't say anything I didn't whatever and when I sat down to watch my first debate I didn't know if I would understand it or not. I just, the first debate that I watched was a Democratic debate. Mm-hmm. It was not Republicans. I said, I'm going to let the party go first that I think I'll disagree with. Because I was already kind of, I had already heard on the wind that they were crazy on the left. But um, I was able to understand it perfectly. They used, now, some of the people on the stage used words that I don't use in everyday language. But I could tell, I knew by the context what the words meant. You know, and I had been, you know, and I've been to college. And so critical thinking was that's that's what a lot of your classes are about when you first get into college. So but what is it that you feel like you don't understand about? I think it literally it is about like the policies and just like how much control when you're doing your when you're electing certain officials, like how much control do they really have? You keep coming back to this control thing. I know. Who are you? Are you a control freak? I think so. You should run for office. You'd make a great politician. <laughs> they are, man. Well, it's just interesting how, like, okay, so we'll take Biden and Trump, like all the good things that Trump did, right? And then Biden comes in, and it did feel like he just signed off on everything, and just undid. It was just more of like this power and control thing. Like, I'm just gonna go and I'm just gonna undo everything. And then now he's like talking about trying to make America great again. And it's like, what? I, it's just frustrating. Well, that's the politics So you can part. only take so much of politics, right? Yeah. Like, Because some of it is games. And then where do you get your sources? Like, I think this year, you know, kind of learning how to figure out who I want to listen to and who I don't want to listen to. And being able to decipher that. Because if you're just listening to the regular news or radio stations... You're just getting frustrated. Yeah. So all of the mainstream is bought and paid for, you know, by corporations. So those opinions are not uh, organic. But who's buying and paying for them? 
So you have um, these corporations, and, and by corporations, some of them are really people. They're, they're private entities. but um, And so basically, um, money is raised through commercials. Mm -hmm. Money is raised through uh, people who, who donate or who may own a stake in the, in the company. Um, ratings is how money is also raised. People that tune into these things. Um, and then there's just a lot of propaganda that just affects the everyday decisions that that people make, that, right. they, that they do make with their money. And so, so when you talk about Christians avoiding politics, so I even feel like this last, you know, election that we had, there was so much fighting and bantering, even on social media, that I did stay clear from what my points were and who I wanted to vote for. And that I look back at that and I wish I wouldn't have. But then at the end of the day, what would it, I don't even know if it would have mattered. But there was a lot of promoting Biden. And there was a the lot Christian of... Side. Um, no, on the, like, just non-Christian. But it seemed like there wasn't a lot of Christians promoting. There was only a few that were saying that they were voting for Trump. Yeah. But it felt like social media was just more promoting the Democratic Party. Well, and I wasn't standing up because I was just like, well, whatever. At the end of the so day. So you'll get another opportunity to stand up in different ways. Yeah. And I think what happened with social media just kind of took us by storm. Nobody was expecting all the censorship all and stuff right. to happen. Nobody was expecting. We, we went full-blown, like, communists as far right. as the online forum goes we're, we're communists online but um i think in a situation like that it there's no okay so there's no purpose in like arguing and like being rude mm -hmm. i think i think that sometimes you can be so right that you're wrong and right. so even even though you know if we if we just for a second slipped over into the prophetic side of things and every and everyone that was prophesying about trump being a cyrus mm -hmm. and and these things <clears throat> that God was going to do through him. Well, I think there were probably a good segment of the Christian population that went too far and said, oh, only Jesus is our savior yeah, and yeah, we shouldn't yeah, yeah. be looking at this. To it's me, a that's a little too Pharisee and you're being right. a, little, you're a little too holy at that point because who is in power does matter. We just missed the mark. Or I think there was a lot of propaganda, even from Christians, saying stuff like, well, we're not voting for the man. We're voting for what he stands for. But I don't really like him anyway, but I like what he's doing. So there was a lot of this back and forth, and nobody was really united on this front. Or whenever they had the debate and, and everybody was talking about, well, um, President Trump didn't debate very well, and he was arguing and this and that. Like, there was, like, all this. So I talked to a few people at that time, and they decided they just weren't going to vote at all. Because yeah. they couldn't vote for him after that. No, but they didn't please. want to vote for Biden. So please. there was a lot of this, like, you know what I mean? Like, division. Yeah. And it got caught up. And we missed the mark. And I feel like I was just kind of sitting back and just, like, watching it. Like, Well, you were learning. Yeah. So you got to give yourself that season. Yeah. It took me all those years to learn. Right. And there were, and in those debates, I mean, I'll have to be honest with you. I don't think Trump did really well. They mm -hmm. both annoyed me. It yeah, was, but I don't think we did our part when we... It was embarrassing. They embarrassed yeah. America. Both of them did. Right? But anyway, we didn't do our part to, what do you think? I don't think we did our part to just be like, we still have to stay united in what we're voting for. And remember that. Yeah. I think, though, I think I said this a moment ago, that there, 
there's a certain degree of division that's actually uh, there's a certain degree of division not division i guess i could say conflict yeah conflict in and of itself is not negative but emotions are and then how we handle our emotions can be negative but conflict i think creates creates an opportunity to come to the table and and to talk it through Mm-hmm. And if there is a set of values that a person has, they should vote according to those values. Our values right. happen to be biblical. Right. Right now, the biblical values happen to be on the right side of the ticket. So this is how you avoid party politics. When you're when you're dealing with party politics, it's it's the mentality of I'm always going to vote for a Republican. Right. It doesn't matter yeah, yeah, what they yeah, say, yeah. what they do. Yeah. They just have our best interests at heart because they talk a good game. Right. I don't think Christians and conservatives should be like that. I think that we should, we should, you know, stay free from party politics. But when it comes to your values, you have to look at where it all falls. And mm-hmm. so the Republicans right now in this season represent a lot more of the conservative and Christian values. Right. If those parties were to switch and all of a sudden the Democratic Party became the pro-life, pro-First Amendment, right. pro-gun party, I mean, I would vote for a Democrat. That wouldn't exactly. hurt my soul to switch. No. Um, but I think for some people, we get so married to a certain party. So what do you think about moving forward? So the next election is in November of 2024. That's presidential. Presidential. Yeah. I know we have some other ones coming up. I mean, presidential. How do you think we can make a difference with that coming, moving forward from everything that we've learned this last one? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of politics that's really about education. All of the stuff that you see on TV and the mudslinging and the mm-hmm. name calling and the foolishness, that's just when those adults regress to acting like children on some playground or right, something. Right. And And so, I think that's what a lot of people want to avoid. Yeah. So leave all of that out. And there's a lot there's a huge there's a huge market, I think, to educate yourself okay. in politics. So you asked earlier about like sources, like who do I listen to? Who do I not listen to? And do you have any sources that you'd recommend? Well, the station that I listen to um, sometimes, first of all, I'll tell you this. There isn't anybody that I would say I listen to, like, religiously. Like, I don't just tune in all the time to everything. But if you check out um, an app called Real America's Voice, there's some good stuff on there. And I listen to a, a lot of Steve Bannon's War Room. And um, so he, he's, he's a wild conservative guy. But what I, what I like about him is that he has no problem calling out people on the right. Okay. He doesn't sit and bash Democrats all the time. He'll he'll call them what they are, which is So fools, he's more objective. But he is. Okay. That's to cool. me, that's to me cool. he's that's more good. objective. I think he's like Catholic. He's got some sort of re- religious awakening about him at least and mm-hmm. so he's not um, a real hardcore f bomb dropping type person or anything. Right. He's legit. So Real America's Voice is pretty good. I like Flashpoint because it has that prophetic perspective. Yeah. On uh, political matters and there's you know some teaching and things that go on there. Um, and then the rest is just you probably have to look for people who've been canceled and look mm-hmm. for people who don't have a mainstream platform because there are a lot of people who have a lot of good things to say, good opinions that are never gonna you know their podcasts are never gonna see the light of day outside of rumble or something right and what do you think about like which ones would you say to stay clear from that add to the confusion and the chaos or maybe the frustration of voting season educating yourself going back to that so 
so for me i would say if in general if you're just getting started then just go ahead and avoid like mainstream avoid your cnn's your msnbc's i would even say avoid fox yeah even though they claim to be more conservative just just forget it my alternative to mainstream media is the epoch times or ntd news and so those are my alternatives to mainstream because they are um, they're conservative, but they are not like Republican centered. You don't get that weird feeling when you watch it like it's a bunch of propaganda. Okay. Sometimes they are so neutral that they tick me off. Like I want to hear an opinion, but there's a lot of times they just don't report it like that. So I think that those would be good sources. So, so what do you think somebody like me who's just uh, who, who's like a mom and uh, wife and just stays at home, like what would my role be in all of this? Are you kidding? You need to be at the school board meetings. Oh, okay. Uh, you need to be joining PTAs, and you need to be having rallies, and you need to be getting other moms involved. And while you're at soccer practices and you're doing all these things, you need to be having these conversations and stirring some things up and, and asking these moms what they think about what their kids are learning. Are you looking into things? That's, that's what I think. Moms are why the state of Virginia, I think, parents, of course, not, not just moms, but dads too, are why the state of Virginia flipped because once they found out that their kids were being taught sex education and then there was gender bathroom crap and CRT kids coming home crying calling themselves racist and stuff okay the parents got pissed off and so I think that that if we left this if we left a lot of what needs to happen up to parents then a lot would probably get done yeah <laughs> uh, so educate yourself participate in the primary and the general elections that are coming up at the end of this year and that will give you something to look forward to, I think, in 2024, and you'll know what's best. So what's our next date of preparation for elections that we need to be looking out for? Um, there are, uh, I think there's these small elections that are going on even right now in different counties and stuff. I, don't, I haven't gotten to the place where I'm fully educated on the time frame of how all of the elections fall. Um, but the general election is the one in November, and that's where the where most people will vote for their state senators who are going to go to D.C., their senators who are going to stay within the state and just work in the legislative districts. Um, so we I have some work we got to do for this year for definitely. get prepared, get educated. And definitely. And then take, take the issue that you care about. Don't try to take everything all at once. Mm-hmm. God can deal with everything all at once. But if you wanted to take something like the school curriculum and if you wanted to take something like those policies dealing with the the bathrooms and stuff like that, just advocating for kids. Kids need advocates. I think that's probably one of the most important subjects over everything else. I think that's good to know that you can just focus on that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can. That's helpful. Final thoughts. No, I think I've learned a lot. I mean, you make me feel a lot better knowing that I don't have to understand everything about politics to get involved. I can have my one little thing that I'm passionate about and just get involved. You will, trust me, you'll start out passionate about one thing. Mm -hmm. And then once you gain some understanding, you're going to develop a capacity to care about (laughs) other things. It'll expand from there. Let's get into this. Yoga horror movies and Christians but we're going to talk about the yoga first so all right so from my perspective here's where I'm at I don't think I've ever done yoga I don't think I understand the spiritual implications behind it Um, I probably would need some help seeing it as dangerous even though I know that there are spirits and there's there's lots of different ways actually 
to be open to spirits um, actually just by being disobedient you're open to spirits and so um, if you tell a lie you're opening yourself up to a lying spirit and so etc etc but you explained to me your time that you've spent in yoga studios and how that either goes with or doesn't go with being a Christian sure it's all tied into um, this health consciousness movement that's kind of happening right let's say you go to see your primary physician and you tell them that you have a back problem or knee problem neck problem whatever most of the time they're going to send you to specialists they might tell you to do some anti-inflammatory ice and heat but now we're living in a generation where they're going to tell you to go do some yoga your chiropractor is going to tell you that if you're having any mental health problems emotional mood depression anxiety um, overeating trauma any of that they're also going to either do yoga with you in that setting or they're going to recommend that you do it there's even some studies showing you now that most clinicians don't even want to work with you unless you're actively involved in some type of yogic practice um, when I did my bachelor's in substance abuse and addiction counseling, I spent probably the last three courses all talking about um, peer-reviewed research on the benefits of yoga on the mind, body, soul. And now having worked with Whole Health, they're calling everything wellness um, because, or well-being, not wellness, because now they're identifying that we're not just mind body and soul but we're also a spirit too mm. and so they want to not only tie in your surroundings your mental health your relationships all this stuff like that they want you to have spiritual health so what they're doing is they're trying to offer you uh, scientific evidence-based spiritual help okay and how they're doing that is through mindfulness meditation Buddhism, yoga, Tai Chi, Reiki, sound bowl healing, all of the above. Okay? They're not necessarily asking you what you believe. They're offering you this evidence-based. And most of counseling now is even based off of Buddhism. So that's why you're getting these different people who are saying, I'm a Christian Buddhist. Oh, okay. Okay. So I went into all this counseling, worked with counseling, substance abuse, whole health, all this stuff. And I started to make these little um, concessions that, okay, well, it's okay. I don't always have to use scripture for everything. I can use some of Buddha's quotes and some of Rumi's quotes and some of these Eastern philosophy quotes. And then before you know it, those become socially accepted, but scripture does not. Or you'll just throw in one scripture here, but you're mainly using these Eastern ones. And so you're offering these health and wholeness classes and you're tying in all these Eastern spirituality practices. And um, what, so I wanted to make sure I'm like tying this in. So what, what is, uh, what do you need to be aware of or kind of like what's happening? Okay, so you, let's say you go down through this and you're a weak Christian. But you're starting to find that all these practices are helpful. You're suffering less. You're in less pain. Your mood in your mind is all improving. Okay. Okay. But you have no spirituality. Okay. Where do you think you're going to go? Oh, well. well you, I don't know. You're going to probably want to do something to increase the results, to keep the results going. 
Right. So you'll you'll dabble in. You might get a little Hindu god. A lot of these people, I never even thought about a murti or an idol as a god or an animal like the Bible will talk about. But it's very prevalent now. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> from that spiritual perspective, obviously the Bible says the writers of Ecclesiastes, I think, said there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. So the fact that people are... Re- regressing back to idol worship and stuff is just kind of a sign of the times Mm -hmm. and okay so while you were talking though i i wrote down like the worship aspect so because we were made to worship something that's the spiritual side of us Mm -hmm. you talked about well-being so it's not just wellness but the being side and the spiritual side that demands worship of some sort and so i think my thoughts are is that there is an opportunity for Christians to come into that market and point people you know to Christ here's the deal though so I know that yoga as an example has a really bad reputation and just based on everything that you said as far as Buddhism and Reiki and all those other things well that would be I mean that's going to be the main reason why those things have a bad reputation exactly because they open you up to all these different spirits and um, you can get into all different types of, like, um, perversion, right. basically, in dealing with that. Obviously, understanding that perversion is not always sexual. Perversion is, is anything that is, um, you know, against the word of God and the knowledge of God. And so, basically, the problem, though, too, is mixture. So, mm-hmm. you were talking about using scripture, but then also using... You know, yes. quotes from Buddha, Dalai Lama, whatever. It's all accepted. It's that yeah. universalism is what it ends up being. Uh, universalism. That's what it's leading to. Okay. Universalism, this is my understanding of universalism, is that basically all paths lead to God. Yes. That's exactly and all it. people are saved regardless. Absolutely. And so, whatever works okay. for you, that's fine. That's your path. Find your path. Mm. Find your path. So that's the detriment in this. Okay. And so, like, people had asked me before, like, as a Christian, would you offer yoga? I, I, I'd say no. Unless you could study that person. And just because they say they're Christian doesn't mean that you can go to their class because a lot of them do use Sanskrit. And a lot of them do do mixture. So, I mean, if you can find one that is doing it where they're not using the Sanskrit, which is named after a lot of the Hindu gods, and they're not also just offering these wise words of philosophy or whatever, then that's fine. I think that's fine, honestly. But I think that it's a day-to-day thing, and it is cautious, and it's unfortunate that we can't just have something where we go in and we have dynamic movements with stretching, and it's called something else. But let hear me out. I don't want to just pick on yoga either because it's in all of it. It's in CrossFit. It's in Zumba, it's in spin class, it's in weight training, um, the music that they play, the Mm -hmm. comments that they say. It is less spiritual in a sense because you're not aware of it, but it is. So you witness that across. So basically the whole whole health conscious movement Mm -hmm. is is all kind of just saturated with every other God but Christ. Right. If we want to say that. So that then leads me to say that Christians should go into that industry. Exactly. And they should try to reclaim that. It's the same with, you know, when we have conversations about, you know, politics, with that being my thing. Christians should go into that. Mm-hmm. We, we do need people who um, will run for office and that will So we basically, we need to be taking Christ into all of these places. Right. Um, I think it would be easier to just say, oh, why don't we just do away with and do away with and do away with. But... Even when Christ came, 
and you th- <clears throat> and you and you look at how he treated the fair like how he dealt with the Pharisees and stuff he didn't do away um with religion entirely Mm -hmm. he fulfilled the law but he didn't do away with the religion he actually told his disciples to do what they say but not as they do and so the pharisees at least because of the judaism judaism was the covenant at the time but they had just taken it and there was mixture in there they added all these other laws and different ways of doing things and so they kind of perverted the law of god and made it hard for people to uh, get into heaven and mm-hmm. then Christ came and said there's two commandments love God love others you hang all the law and the prophets on this I'm the way I'm the truth I'm the life etc etc and so if we think about the way that that Christ did that I mean I feel like we do have to go into these hostile places um, and I think and we have to be light in those places traditional yoga the way that you have described it knowing that it has a root of yes. universalism ah, that's like my aha moment okay mm-hmm. so no I don't want to be involved in that. Exactly. I don't want to be open to anything like that. Um, But if you're talking about stretching and taking the same practices and techniques, but you're making the Holy Spirit the only spirit that you're opening yourself up to, then... The issue comes, too, as well as with... um, You have, like, these holy yoga or Christian yoga. You have that marketed. Holy yoga. And so, like, I went to some of that, and it never sat right with me. Because they're still pulling so much of the Eastern spirituality. But what they're doing it is just with the banner of scripture and saying they're for Christ. Now we know that's still mixture. Exactly. That's still mixture. So I was like, well, that doesn't work. So I've been to all these avenues and I'm just like, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work, doesn't work. What can I take that does work? Stretching and movement. So you wouldn't want to call it yoga at that point. I wouldn't point. want to call it yeah, yoga. You because would, you most would of these poses aren't even yoga poses anyway. They're gymnastic poses. If you go to any chiropractor, if you go to any physical therapy, any kind of stretching, whatever, it is in there. The problem is they give you these exercises and stretches to do and they're boring. Right? They might give you a sheet and they say do this quad stretch several times a day. And most of the time you're not going to. But if you can be sitting in a 30-minute or a one-hour class where there's music playing and somebody's telling you to step forward and take a lunge and stretch your torso, right? And then take a forward fold, and, you know, and you're making some cool rhythm and movement. And a lot of people say, well, these patterns are to worship. They're not. They, these. This has been created over time. We've American yoga and, and even... Uh, people are like, they'll say, well, I went over to um, India and wherever, and I did traditional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like, whatever. So, you know? for me, I think what I'm learning then is that yoga is truly the spirit, just is purely the spiritual aspect. It has nothing it to do with the stretching. Do you know and the why they started yoga? No. To help you meditate, to help you get closer to Brahma. Brahma? Yeah. Is that a god? Yes. Okay. The universal God. Okay. Like, I don't want to say universal God, but it is the, the main God, however they have. I don't fully understand that. But so what they, dis- they, they knew, and so in Sanskrit, they have, they'll have stuff called asana. Hmm. And asana means seat. And when you sit and you get to this higher consciousness level, you want to be able to sit for a long time. So they develop certain stretches to help you sit and that's why everything ends in asana ends in seat Hmm. i wonder i wonder if this 
perversion, I guess is what I'm going to call it, this spiritual aspect and meditating and all this stuff. I wonder if looking at it from a spiritual perspective, if this is not like uh, the devil's way of trying to imitate something that God would have us do. God would have oh, yeah. us meditate on oh, the yeah. scriptures um, uh, and to be mindful of the things of the spirit. Like these are all things that I feel like have been the sad arrested. Thing is counseling is using these types of methods for meditation and mindfulness and God's method in the Bible for mindfulness and meditation are just not even looked at. Yeah. And so I, at first, I'm not even going to lie, was kind of upset that I'm like, I went to church all these years and never learned how to meditate or to be mindful and aware. So I learned the Eastern ways to do it. And then when I start coming back to God, I'm like, I have to get rid of all of this so that I can be authentic with how God, but I never, I never, I never knew to, like I heard to meditate on God's word, but I didn't know what that looked like. What does that mean? Yeah. So if you go to an Eastern thing, They'll tell you to sit, to sit up nice and tall. They'll teach you how to sit where you can sit for a long time. And they'll teach you how to breathe and how to open up so you stay awake and you don't fall asleep. Because hmm. how many Christians fall asleep? You pray for how long and then you get tired and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, they've mastered more of the art of how do you do this for hours. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. I think um, the holy yoga, what, you're, what you were saying about that and how that never fulfilled anything... And it was just kind it's of just a, a banner down. that they put. Yeah. I, my thoughts were is that they're trying too hard. Mm -hmm. You're trying too hard to try to reconcile something that's not of God to God. Exactly. To, and then to make it biblical. Right. Um, but that still goes back to mixture. Mm -hmm. There can be no mixture. Right. Okay, so I want to switch gears for the last few minutes. Okay, so I, I got, I, I subscribed to one of these Christian magazines or something and I and I got a post in my inbox and it was talking about this film called The Conjuring which apparently there's like two or three or four there's like multiple parts or something and I had never paid attention I don't think I don't know I mean I think I had heard of it and there was this testimony of this lady who when the first movie came out um, I think she was maybe 12 or something years old and she had some where rare bloodborne um, type of like issue that was happening mm -hmm. and she ended up like severely anemic and was almost uh, like having to get having to get her blood tested so she didn't have to get transfusions and all this stuff was going on while she was filming this movie and uh you know so she had to go get her blood tested before every taking and all this stuff and then all of a sudden once the filming was over she was no longer associated with the project the blood born issue just went away the doctors could never explain it they didn't know what was going on. They couldn't medicate it, nothing. And then I found out that the people who produced The Conjuring, they call themselves Christians. And so I went online and I just looked at a couple of images, probably not the best thing to do. But they, the images and, and the costumes and the makeup and the things that they had put together for these creatures in this movie, to me, was like totally demonic. And their, and their, their MO, though, was that they were just making these movies to let people know that I think that the spiritual realm is a real place and we should choose Christ. Like, like that whole thing with holy yoga, just trying to bring it yeah. back when, when it's obvious to me from the images. And then to me, what I think would happen with that girl was demonic. Right. I think that that was a, a full on spiritual attack and had that movie probably gone on any longer, or if she had done multiple parts, she probably would have died. Mm -hmm. And that's not the first time that's happened. I mean, if you go back to the, what was it? Seventies, eighties poltergeist, there was, 
crazy stuff that happened on the set of that movie. That. People yeah. died. Yeah, people I talked think. about that openly. Yeah, yeah the they talked girl. about it openly. Yeah, I think she ended up with like sepsis or something. She died. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then something violent happened. I think to the woman that played her sister. Mm-hmm. I think she was shot by a man she was with or something. But anyway, so. I, I associate horror movies with my sinful life. I grew up on that. I've seen every Friday the 13th. I've seen every Halloween. I've seen every Nightmare on Elm Street. And then I've just seen like Demon Knight type stuff. Like I just, I grew up on all of that stuff. That was our MO. Um, I was never possessed by a demon. Um, because the from a spiritual aspect, I never like opened myself up to all of that. I didn't play, I didn't dabble. Um, but I would watch. And we were talking offline. We were talking earlier about how the eye is the window to the soul right. when Christ said that. And so truly, I mean, I probably was open to some things, but I just didn't explore. I didn't go any further. I, it was entertainment for me. And now that I am born again, I don't put my eyes on things like that. Now, I did struggle because I love like the mysteries and the whodunit kind of things. And, and you know, st- if you look at half uh, of the stuff on the one to ten on Netflix, I'm telling you, like, I check it out sometimes. I don't watch it, but I read the thing. And it's all, if you, and it'll even tell you, like, violence, fear, anxiety. Mm-hmm. So you might say I wasn't demon-possessed, so to speak, but how much depression, how much anxiety, how much fear, how much does it hold us back from what it, God's calling us to do, yeah. right? Like, so in those retrospects, it, it, it does um, take its negative impact. And now even on that, I've noticed, too, like, the medium has mediums on there, has all kinds of stuff. What is the medium? A medium is like somebody that I think talks to the dead. Yeah, it talks yeah, to yeah, the dead I, I watched a little bit of their, their first clip and they were like, oh, do you, you know, they say this stuff, oh, it's your grandma or something. Well, I know yeah. what a medium is, but you said it like it was the name of a show. There's a show mm-hmm. called The Medium? No, it's, well, I think there is actually. Oh, but I'm just talking about now, like currently on the Netflix, like it's number six or seven on there where they're talking to the dead and I mean it's just getting there it's so crazy that um people want to explore spirituality from such a dark evil wretched place like I mean I I get it right so I've been a Christian for for a while now and I get that you know some of the benefits of some of those other things can happen faster mm-hmm. and you know and horror movies and things like that are just entertainment i get that yoga is good for the body all these things hey like i mean so i kind of understand that right? right and when you're praying to god about something he's more interested in like circumcising off the flesh and, right. and he's always trying to prepare somebody for ministry he the yeah. lord's always trying to send somebody somewhere yeah. and so it takes a long time to get an answer from the lord so it makes it tempting to go and dabble with these other things because these these spirits are going to respond to you faster i mean would you agree with that disagree with that i do and and i guess there's just something to be said about going towards these things there's more of a influence pulling you and there's nobody really telling you not to. Yeah, you right? have to have a de- you have to develop that sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. Too. Right. He'll pull you, but he won't he won't drag you. It's like the blind. You're just you're just blind, and you're just going this way, and it feels okay to maybe even drink, to watch some horror movies, to eat whatever. It's all like satisf- satisfying the flesh, and at the end of it, like you're spending all this. Like I've I've talked to like just several different conversations. Like even one last night, they were talking about their daughter. And they think she's bipolar, mm. and her moods go up and down. And she used to be a, she's a cutter, but mm. instead now she's doing tattoos and she's smoking weed. She don't know if she's 
she's dating girls and guys and she watches horror and you can't tell me that those aren't all connected yeah they it's are. just that blind way when god's saying i have another way yeah all you have to do is just follow me and then all of that stuff a lot of that stuff will go away i'm not saying i know that there's some christians who still struggle with some things i'm not saying sure. that but um i think when you're just wholehearted then your life is lighter your life is brighter you want to hang out with things that are good you want to watch things that are good None of that satisfies you anymore. And even talking to my son, like he's even said, like, you'll feel the Holy Spirit. And um, he said something cute to me the other day. He's like, when people are in sin, they don't know that they're in sin. They're blind to it. Yeah. But other people can see it. Yeah. So what is that? Well, if you live in a world where everyone around you is doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. and if, if you're surrounded by all of that, then then that's going to be your influence. Or you justify what you're doing. You justify it. Yeah. You You can't do it, but I can do it. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. All right. right, Well, anyway, so final thoughts on any of this? Well, I, I like to look at science. Okay. Okay. And science will even prove that people who watch horror movies and scary movies and fear-based movies, it does increase your cortisol as if it was happening to you. So avoid it. So what happens when you have increased cortisol? You have anxiety, your brain shrinks, you get dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. Watching horror movies makes you dumb. All right. Yes. (laughs) We're out. All right.